The gospel message is the word of truth. You say, well, I thought the Bible was the word of truth. The Bible is the word of truth, but the gospel is the fullness of the revelation of all of the word of God. Why? Because all of the word of God was pointing toward the full redemption that God would provide for man through the death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and seating of Christ at the in the heavenly places at the right hand of God. And not just him, but his body, the church, is raised up and seated together with him in heavenly places. It is the fullness of the revelation of the Word of God, the gospel message. You've got to be established in that. It is truth. It's the revelation that we are justified not by our works, but by His works. Justified means we're declared not guilty, we're reconciled to the Father. We stand in his sight, innocent in the sight of God. You have to understand that, that it's based on the gospel. It's his works, not yours. And we live from that revelation. Holiness is a manifestation of your understanding of that revelation. That through his work, we are one with him. Jesus said that's what the Holy Spirit came to reveal to us. He said in that day, talking about the day the Holy Spirit would come, you will know that I'm in the Father, that you are in me, and I am in you. That's the revelation of the gospel. That he did everything necessary for us to become one with him. And now what's true of him is true of his church. And now what belongs to him belongs to his church. you got to understand that. It is the truth. And the enemy will come and he'll try to take circumstances and convince you of something otherwise. He'll try to get you in religion and get you trying to justify yourself in the sight of God. And then you'll be operating in your own weakness rather than in the power of his might. The gospel is the truth. And that sets us up for every other piece. The second piece is righteousness. You have to understand The the gospel is the revelation of the righteousness of God given to man by faith. And righteousness is different than justification. Justification is to be declared not guilty. But righteousness is man as he ought to be. See, I'm not just justified in principle. And, you know, I'm not just righteous by position. I am righteous by condition. Mm, You missed that. Righteousness isn't just a position I have. It's the condition of who I am. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. My old man, the old sinful nature that I was born with, that I received from Adam, was crucified with Christ. Buried. But when I was raised, I was raised to newness of life in him. That person doesn't exist anymore. That's what the gospel does. It says, come to Jesus, he'll kill you, and then he'll raise you from the dead. And that should be a revelation to us, because there's nothing that can be rehabbed about us. (laughs) That old man was so bad, he couldn't be rehabilitated. He had to be put to death and raised up again in newness of life. And when you're raised in Christ... You are as you ought to be. 
You got to get that because you live out of what you believe about yourself. If you believe you're depraved, you'll live a depraved life. If you believe you're a drug addict, you'll operate. You can be born again, your name written in heaven. You'll still operate in drug addiction. You'll still struggle with it because you believe it. And you have to come to the place where you say, I don't care what it seems like. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it feels like. I don't care what people's opinions are, what the devil has to say about it. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And I love the next phrase in the next verse. Now all things are of God. That's talking about me. Man, righteousness isn't a position. It's my condition. It's who I am. And it is a gift. Look at Romans 5 and 17. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, talking about Adam, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. That, that word receive, talking about grace, is ongoing. It means we continue to receive the grace of God. It's an endless flow of the grace of God toward us, which is the ability of God working in our life. When we are receiving the abundance of His grace and we have received the free gift of righteousness, man as He ought to be, we'll reign in life in Christ Jesus because it disarms the lies of the devil. Hmm. You say, well, you know, is that really the way the devil operates? Let's think about Matthew chapter 4, the temptation of Christ. You know, in the chapter before, we get the story of where Jesus comes to John the Baptist to be baptized in water. And he baptizes him, and when he raises him up, God speaks. His voice thunders from heaven. And he says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And when he comes out of the baptismal waters, he's led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tested by the devil. And you know what the devil says? It says he, ca- he came, uh, the tempter came. There again is another example of what I was saying earlier. The tempter came and he said, if you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. He left out a word. Did you catch it? God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And when the tempter came, he said, if you're the son of God. What did he do? He left out the word beloved. He was testing, intimidating Jesus into feeling like he had to prove who he was rather than just taking God's word for it. And if he's going to test the identity of Jesus, he's going to test your identity. He's going to see if you know that you are righteous. Hmm. He said, if you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. What did Jesus say? Man shall, it is written. (laughs) See, Jesus, he was operating as we're to operate. He said, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds. From the mouth of God. What did he say? I live by what God says is true, not by what you say is true. 
I don't even live by my experience. And I don't have to prove to you or anybody or even myself. I know by the word of God who I am. Mm. We're reigning in life. Reigning in life over what? Reigning in life over our own flesh and reigning in life over the enemy. If we know who we are. The next piece of armor is peace. You know the gospel is called the gospel of peace right here in this very passage of scripture. It talks about the gospel of peace. What's he talking about? Is he talking about peace among men? No, he's not talking about peace among men. There's not peace among men. He's talking about man having peace with God. Or actually, I should rephrase that. He's talking about God being at peace with man, and then our peace with God comes out of that revelation. You remember when Jesus was born, and the angels appeared to the shepherds? What did they say? Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. The gospel is the declaration that God is at peace with you. Why? Because through his death, burial, and resurrection, he won the war. He dealt with the only thing that brought enmity between God and man. In fact, in Isaiah 52, which Trevor actually mentioned uh, during communion, when he was talking about how that Jesus was marred, Beyond recognition as a human. Well, in the verses preceding that, in, in Isaiah 52 and 7, he says this, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who proclaims peace. So if you're preaching the gospel, you're proclaiming God's peace toward mankind. You know, I was listening to Bob Yandian the other day. He said, most believers are preaching the law and they don't even realize it. They're not preaching the gospel. They're preaching what man needs to do to get right with God rather than what God did to make man right with himself. He created peace. We, by faith, step into that peace. The gospel is the gospel of peace. It's the, and you know, if you want to talk about the, the uh, armor pieces, it's talking about the readiness of the shoes. Well, knowing you're at peace with God creates a stability in your life. It's the foundation that we stand upon. Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Oh, man. God is at peace. Did you know God is not at war with man? Even with all that man's trying to do. Now, there's coming a great and terrible day of the Lord. Let me just make sure you understand that. There is coming a day when Jesus will return. And those who are enemies of God will be dealt with. There'll be one day of wrath. Because <laughs> it ain't going to take but just about a second for him to deal with it. But right now, we live in the dispensation of the grace of God. We live in a time when the gospel is the gospel of peace. See, the enemy, he wants to convince you that God's your problem. And religion has helped out in that regard a whole lot. Oh, well, God's doing this to you because he's trying to teach you a lesson. That's slanderous. For you to believe God, you first have to impugn the nature and the character of God to even begin to believe that. He's a good father. (laughs) That's what Jesus came. Jesus revealed something about God that never was revealed before. They knew all of the covenant names of God 
uh, all the Jehovah names of God. They knew that he was a healer. They knew he was a provider. They knew he was a shepherd. They knew all these things about him. But you know what Jesus came and said? He came and revealed him as our father. That had never been done before. In fact, when he said, God is my father, that's when they wanted to kill him. Because religious people can't handle that. But we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me finish reading that. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news. That's the word gospel. Who proclaims peace. Who brings glad tidings of good things. Who proclaims salvation. Who says to Zion, your God reigns. This is repeated in Romans chapter 10 when Paul's talking about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then he goes on and he mentions faith. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. If you're going to operate uh, successfully in wrestling against the enemy, you have to learn how to not uh, discern things by what you see in the circumstances of life. Because there's a lot more that's unseen than there is that is seen. And sometimes there's a time between the promise and the manifestation where it doesn't look like things are going the way that they should. If you look at the world today, it doesn't look like we're really winning, does it? Oh, man. You can't be fooled by what you see. Oh, man, there should be a, you know what? The church should be in celebration mode. Why, Jesus said, when you see all these things happening, look up for your redemption draws nigh. Nothing's changed, guys. Nothing's changed. But if we are, if we're faked out by what we see and what's going on and what's being said in the news and all of the stuff that's being proclaimed in our culture, you'll begin to think, man, man, I don't know, man. We're supposed to be victorious, but I just don't see it. Well, you're looking at it wrong. (laughs) Light shines brightest in darkness. You know what that tells me? The darker it gets, the greater the opportunity for us to shine the light. (laughs) The darker it gets, the greater opportunity is for us to go and shine the light. Man, we need to be convinced that we are victorious in Him. We need to begin to see with the eyes of our heart, with the eyes of faith, and not be faked out by the circumstances of life. We need to recognize, man. We need to recognize. We got to be people of faith. And where does faith come from? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. It says word of God, but it's actually rhema of Christ. You know what that is? The revelation of the finished work of Christ. That's the best way I can put it to you. That's where faith comes from. (laughs) It comes from realizing The magnitude of the victory that he won over all of the kingdom of darkness. And then he handed it to his church. (laughs) That's where faith comes from. Taking the word of God and going, I believe this. It don't look like it, but I believe this over that. I don't need any evidence of it. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The conviction, it says here in the ESV, but it's the evidence of things not seen. Why? If it's seen, it's not faith. Faith gives us the ability to see things that are unseen, but they're real. If you're going to stand, you're going to have to learn how to see into the Spirit. You're going to have to learn how to see things as God's Word says they are, not as how it looks into your 
naturalize in the circumstances of life. And then uh, the last one, salvation, in uh, Romans chapter 1, says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. This word salvation is the word sozo. And you know, religious ideas about what salvation is, is that I'm forgiven so I can go to heaven. But the word sozo here, that's translated salvation, it means to save, to heal, to deliver, to make whole. So Jesus came for a lot more than just to give you a ticket to heaven. He came to give you life and life more abundantly here on earth. He came to make you an overcomer of everything that tries to oppose you in this life. To save means to be delivered or rescued out of something. And he came to deliver us from this present evil age that we live in. To heal us to deliver us, to make us whole. There are things that we're going to suffer in this life as believers, persecution. People are going to hate believers, and probably that's going to ramp up in the end times that we're living in because they see what we preach as hate speech. Because they want to be able to pick their own religions and do whatever they want to do. But Jesus made it very clear. He wasn't narrow-minded. He was loving in saying, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. But you preach that in the world today, you're going to be hated for it. Because you're going to be seen as narrow-minded and as as excluding other people and what they want to believe in. But it's actually loving. If there's only one way, wouldn't it be hateful for me not to proclaim the one way? Wouldn't it be hateful for me not to proclaim the one way of salvation? There is no other name under heaven by which men shall be saved but the name of Jesus. He is the way. He is God. Become man. Bore our sins. Bore our death on the tree to be raised from the dead and give us new life and to reconcile us back to God again. But to save, to heal, to deliver, to make whole so that God could show forth the riches of His grace in His kindness toward us. Man. And then lastly, and then I want to have you stand, the sword of the Spirit. Because you can have all those things, but where people miss it is with their speaking. You can believe those things, but if you're saying something contrary, Jesus said you'll have what you say. Man, oh man. Woo. I felt that, man. I just felt the, I just felt the pushback. He said that you'll have whatsoever you say. Hmm. So, man, he's given us the ability. Here's the great thing. When we say what God says, it's the same as God saying it himself. Oh, I said when we say what God, oh, when we say what God says, 
Man, it releases the very life and power of God to bring to pass what God's Word proclaims that it says. We've got to learn how to speak these things over our life. We need to be able to say, you know, according to the gospel, that we are the righteousness of God, that we have peace with God, that we are healed, that we are delivered, that we are made whole. We need to begin to declare by faith in, in contradiction to the circumstances of our life. We need to declare, I'm a person of love. Man, we need to say that, especially in the church. Because we are. We've been born of God. We get those, you know, we get in the wrong kind of emotions. We need to have a word with ourselves. You know, come to Jesus meeting with us and say, look, that's not who you are. Oh, man. We need to use the word, of the sword of the Spirit. It's a weapon of mass destruction. I'm telling you, there's more power in your words than you can even begin to imagine. The power of life and death. Death and life lie in the power of our tongue. So come on, let's just stand right now in the name of Jesus. I just want you to begin to, I don't know what you are facing. There are so many people in here. Everybody's got a different circumstance in their life today. Things that you're facing. Just begin to... uh, just begin to remind yourself, remind, renew your thinking according to what we've talked about today. The devil is a liar. God's word is true. The gospel is the word of truth. Father God, we just thank you right now. Oh, we celebrate the victory that we have in Jesus. We celebrate the fact that we are one with you, Father God, that you have redeemed us, that we are at peace with you, and that you have disarmed the devil, that you have released salvation to us, and that whatever people are facing in their life today, that they need to be saved, healed, delivered, and made whole from, that the power of God is toward them this morning. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Mm. If you're suffering with something in your physical body, just lay your hand on that spot. If it's your lungs, lay your hand on your lungs. I just keep seeing uh, the chest area, the lungs, and just begin to declare in accordance with the Word of God that by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. By the stripes of Jesus, I am healed, and I command my lungs to be clear and to be filled with oxygen and to function the way that God created them to function. And I just thank you, Father God, that your word is truth, and I receive life right now. I receive wholeness. I receive salvation right now in Jesus' name. And I just thank you for it. No matter what part of your body it is, just lay your hand on it. Declare according to the word, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. Jesus bore my sickness and carried my pain. And with his stripes, I am healed. Listen, if you're struggling with addiction, you need to begin to declare, that's not who I am. I'm a son of God. I am a new creation. Old things passed away. Behold, all things are new. And all things are of God. He reconciled me to himself. And I am free. I am free.
For whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Somebody got it. I heard it. Somebody got it. I heard it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Thank you, Father God, for your faithfulness. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. The greatest miracle of all is when you believe for the first time on the message of the gospel. For Jesus said, whoever hears my word and believes in me, he's passed from death to life. And he will not come into judgment, for he has passed from death unto life. Listen, if you've never confessed Jesus as Lord, today's the day of salvation. Don't wait. Why would you wait? Why would you wait? Jesus already did everything. When you confess Jesus as Lord, you're not, con- you're not vowing that you're going to be perfect. You're recognizing who he is. Because let me tell you something. Jesus is Lord, whether you recognize him as Lord or not. He is Lord of all. He is the creator. He is the great I am. He is the God who was, who is, and is to come. He is Lord. He is King. He is coming back to rule and reign on this earth. And if you've never confessed Him as Lord, I don't know what you would be waiting for. God has already made peace with you. He's already provided Himself for the forgiveness of your sins. And I would love to invite you to come and just just lay hold of the salvation that He's already provided for you simply by believing that God raised him from the dead. What does that do? His resurrection is the proof that your sins are forgiven. For when he was buried with your sin, he arose victorious over sin and death. So we're going to have ministers up here. We would love, oh, you know the Bible says the only time it says that they rejoice in heaven is over when one sinner comes to repentance. That's... (laughs) When you confess Jesus as Lord, you set off a party in heaven. (laughs) Man. So I just want to invite you to come, partake of that. If you've never received the the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, it's a second, separate uh, dimension of grace to empower you for service. I want to make that available to you as well. Um. If you just need to pray with somebody and come into agreement about something, we don't want you to leave. We're not in a hurry. It's raining pretty hard anyway. You're going to get wet if you leave right now. But I want the ministers to come forward if you would. We just want to make ourselves available to you. That's what we're here for is to serve. So if you're struggling with anything in your life, they're here. They would love to minister to you. That's their heart. That's our heart here is to help you. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Bless you in Jesus' name. You're dismissed.